they're grateful for you. They're able to join us here this morning in person. Those who join us right where you are um, through Facebook or YouTube, continue to like, subscribe, and follow us and join in with us. And we want to welcome you to worship us a little something like this.
All the nations will gather in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we serve? When, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality? or naked and give you hope? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, and to the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not tell you? And he will answer, I'll tell you the truth. For you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters. You are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Praise God for his word. May he enlighten us to his word. Let us continue to worship him through song.
And so now we're going to talk about the conditions and the attitudes of our hearts and our minds of submitting and surrendering and serving the Lord our God. Excuse me. Jesus in Matthew's Gospel has been addressed since we talked about the return of the Son of Man. Uh, Jesus deals with the basis of his judgment and the coming of his kingdom leading up to his crucifixion on the cross. And so he wants them to understand that as he's going to leave this place, that how they ought to wait for his coming back again. In our text, we highlight we understand that God keeps good records of all his children. We will also learn in this text how we ought to treat one another. We ought to treat one another as God has called us to and reflect whom the God we serve. So in our text today, we will see the Son of Man imagely as a king and also a shepherd. This is and not a new introduction necessarily. In the Old Testament, we are familiar of a shepherd king imagery. God is known as a shepherd. The shepherd's responsibility is to care for the sheep. And caring for the sheep is involved is protection and is provision. Not only do they feed the sheep, but they lead the sheep and they protect the sheep from harm and danger. God is seen as the great shepherd in Genesis 49 and 24. It says, but his bow remained taut, and his arm were strengthened by the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Y'all see that right there? And the blessing that was pointing out, he pointed out to God, and he described God not only as the mighty one of Jacob, but also the shepherd and the rock of Israel. Matter of fact, when we look at Psalm 28 and 9, written by our David, it says, Save your people, bless Israel, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them in your arms forever. Again, in the time of adoration and worship, they looked to God as the shepherd. And even in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse 11, he says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd, he will carry the lambs in his arm, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. I want to highlight here that these interpretations of God as the shepherd is based upon him caring for the children of Israel. This is him seeing as him taking care of each and every one of them as a holistic group and guiding them into safety and into prosperity. But also, I want to encourage us and remind us that we also know God as our individual shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So not only do we see him collectively guiding us, protecting us, and providing for us, but also individualistically we understand that I am the sheep and he is my shepherd. I'm talking to somebody. You're going to make a possession. He is my shepherd. He is our shepherd. That denotes relationship, kinship. That means our responsibility that he's going to take care of us. But then even as this God is known as a shepherd, known as one providing, protecting, and caring for uh, his people. This is also kind of a term or 
imagery and expectation and responsibility of a shepherd is also placed on the king. David is recognized as a shepherd, as a king. He was found to be king and anointed to be king as a shepherd. Uh, if y'all remember the story, that Samuel comes by, everybody else is in the house. He out watching the sheep. He said, um, have all your sons come by? And Jesse's like, yeah, yeah, except that little boy out there watching the sheep. We said, well, I'll wait till he comes. God chose a shepherd to become king. Psalm 78, 70, 71 tells us, he chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants. God's own people, Israel. Y'all see that there? How David is elevated, not just to be a, ship, a, real, a little shepherd of sheep and ewes, but now he becomes the shepherd of God's people, his chosen people, the children of Israel. What I want to highlight again, looking at Jesus coming in his glory on the throne, to see him not just as the king, but also the shepherd king. Because Jesus then shows that he is the good shepherd. In John 10 and 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. The shepherd looks out for the sheep. His responsibility is the safety and security of the sheep. Jesus is not just the shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And he is also king. David and Jesus are recognized for being shepherds. And their position and title, they also are exalted as king, will help them to fully define and meet the description as the shepherd king. Ezekiel 37, 24 says, my servant David will be their king, and they will have one shepherd, and they will obey my regulations and be careful to keep my decrees. Jesus fulfills this biblical position as a good shepherd and the king who will establish his kingdom in his return. Now to our text today in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46, we want to unpack how we ought to serve this shepherd king. Tell your neighbor, we ought to serve the shepherd king. And so see Jesus as your shepherd king and follow his example with a life of service, sacrifice, and humility. Matthew 25, starting at verses 31 and verses 33. Let me read this to us again. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. Can somebody say all? The nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep. From the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Notice how it opens up. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, Jesus, the shepherd king, is coming as a conquering king, coming in his glory. He's coming for the victory has been won. And now the rewards are being paid. 
cast out. He's coming, it says, with the hosts of the angels. He's coming in glory and splendor because of what he's already done for us. Therefore, now, final judgment is being done, and those who are separated to the right and to the left are being addressed. He's seating in a place of judgment, a place that is recognized of authority and power. And notice again clearly here in this text that it says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. And so he is coming with authority and power and dominion. And I want to highlight here that these are the same angels he could have called off when he was walking on earth. But yet they were waiting for him to sacrifice his life so that we might be saved. But now they're coming with some power and ready for some action. And they're standing ready in attention as he is separating all the people of the world. Judgment is set. Sheep and goats are being separated and identified. The right and definitely historically in the ancient East is traditionally understood as a place of honor, of privilege, and favor. Matter of fact, in the Bible we hear about the mighty arm of God or the right arm of God to represent strength, to represent power. And then hence how in our modern vernacular, my right hand you know, man or woman, right? Means this is my, my person, I confident, one I trust on him and be with. Here's how we see that over again and imitated how I escorted somebody on the right arm or to sit at the right side. And, and here in this text is understanding a place of privilege, a place of honor and authority, but also the left serves in the story as a more ominous position. It does not necessarily always mean it's negative, does not mean it's always bad, but yet here in this context, it represents a ominous coming in the story, right? The right is a place of honor and celebrated, that is traditionally understood, but the left now is left wondering what's up with those on the left. Because I want to highlight here that even the left side was a good side when you're on the side of Jesus. And that, that, that's what James and John's mama has to say, let one be your right. Let one get your left when you establish your kingdom. They understood if those ones are next to Jesus, we're going to be all right. But now, when he is sitting in justice, the right is now understanding of a different separation. And the left now, an ominous position. And understanding that those on the right is affirmative, but the left seems to be left out in a sense of wondering what's going to happen to them. And look who's addressed first. Those who sit on the right. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Look what this says here. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are what? Blessed by my father. What does it mean to be blessed by my father? 
Well, this is interesting and very, very, very clear in Matthew's context because in Matthew 5th chapter, he talks about the blessings of the Father. Blessed are those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. But then also, and it says, blessed are the, the, the merciful, for they, they will inherit the kingdom of God. And so when I highlight here, that not only does he point out the blessing of the kingdom of God, but also a blessing of inheritance. And in the attitude says they inherit the earth. Here, he's pointing out they will inherit the kingdom eternal reverence with God, life with God. And now he's pointing out the blessings of my father. Matthew 19, 29 says that everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children of, of property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit internal life. Again, Serving the shepherd king involves sacrifice, humility, and service. Jesus points out those who have done this have, will inherit great reward. What I would encourage you, if you're not understanding, that you need to start making investments in your pension. Some of us understand how pensions work. You don't get a pension, you didn't put nothing in. And so you won't retire and try to go to the bank and find out, I don't have anything to retire with. Let me go back to work. Y'all don't hear me. But here, Jesus is telling you that greater is your reward in heaven than here on earth. He's pointing out, if you give up all this for my sake, I, you will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. And so he's pointing out that these are the ways you should be investing your time while here on earth. Look at the six actions or the items he suggests to feed me. Give me drink. Invite me in your home. Clothe me. Care for me when I was sick and visit me when I was in prison. One, you notice how you can couple them two together. Right? So you have six of them and three groups. Feed me and give me something to drink. Invite me in your home and clothe me. When, visit me when I'm sick or in prison. Y'all see that there? And so when you feed him and give him something to drink, I was hungry, I was thirsty, you fill me up. When I was naked, basically poor, unable to get any clothes, you clothed me, you as I strayed, you took me in and took care of me. And then when I was sick, and definitely this is more uh, appropriate time now as it was then, uh, they didn't have as much preventive medicine then. And so to be around the sick, you will open yourself up to get sick. We got all kinds of stuff now. We got soap, we got antibacterial cleansing, right? We got all kinds of stuff to help fight against viruses and worms. But back then, they wanted the same, and so they knew they put themselves at risk to go around the sick. Here's why they had to be out in the community together. All y'all sick people, y'all stay out there. All the well people, y'all live in the city. And as they were expelled out of the community, they were healed and restored. And so he says that you care for me. When I was expelled, when I was sick, when I was in prison, you visited me. And here, the prison system was different than our prison system now that we are paying and covering for those who are in prison. But back then, that if nobody brought you food, you won't go get any food. 
And so that's why when you visit them, they will bring you stuff. That's why Paul was grateful when he was in prison. People came to him. They came to him with stuff to read and reports and food and nourishment. And so we see here, he's pointing out he did this. Hebrews 13 and 2 and 3, you might be familiar with this. Now we have the address. He did not know the addresses. Don't forget to show hostility to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Notice the part of visiting the sick and visiting those in prison and has a part of empathy to understand that, that what that was you, how would you want to be treated? How would you want to be looked at the do unto them as you would want them to do unto you. That sounds a little bit familiar to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if I go to love my neighbor as I love myself, then I know what to come before that love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my strength, and I will love my neighbor as I love myself. Do you understand that if I understand this principle of serving God and serving the king, I know what love looks like. Love looks like service. And sacrifice and humility. And this is the problem I have in our community now. That we have people that don't want to give to those who have not. They want to blame them instead of help them. You, you're poor because you're lazy. You don't have this because you didn't work hard enough. But understanding that sometimes you can work hard enough but still can't get anywhere because the same stack against you. We are very familiar that there have been laws that have been set to keep people separated for whatever reason. And just because they made these laws and they took them away does not does not fix the damage that has already been caused. And so then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? Here, they're looking at Jesus is saying, Lord, uh, we never saw you looking at this way. Uh, we, we, we know if we deserve right. We were known if we were around somebody of your status and stature. Uh, we would have been happy to do that. But we never had the opportunity to see you broken, to see you naked, to see you hungry. You never a stranger. We know who you are. We would have welcomed you into our house. And so they are on the way that they have done any of this, that the king is, is rewarding them for doing. One thing we find out is that they were not serving people based on their status. They were not serving them based on what they could perceive back. They were not serving them based upon how it's going to make them look good. But they were serving them because they saw the need. They were serving them because they realized, I am able to help you, so let me do what I can to help you. There's times in our lives that if we're able to help somebody, go ahead and help them. Go ahead and make the sacrifice and give. Don't make it about you, but make it about them. Realizing that I don't know what situation you're going through, but it looks like you're going through a bad situation. And maybe if I was in that situation, I would like for somebody to help me out, to give me a meal, to give me some clean clothes, to give me a place to stay. So would you help me out and, and you could be moved by the love of God and be a blessing to somebody. Now, some of you all, I can hear you right now saying, well, I'm not going to give everybody that me something, some money, because they might be abusing it. Well, that's their responsibility. 
Because don't you abuse what God gives you? You have not always been a good steward. Well, God has given you, but he keeps on blessing you. And so it's all right for you to be a blessing. Y'all, y'all ain't here. It's all right to be a blessing to somebody who may not want to receive your blessing. So enough God's been blessing us in times when we didn't want his blessing. God says, I love you. He says, but I don't want your love. I'm going to live how I want to live right now. But for God so loved the world, he gave. While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So we need to get out of the way of trying to change people and just give them some motivation to be changed. Well, let me bless you. Let me bless you this and tell you how. I'm going to give you this and you go get some food. The next time they take out that five dollars and you go and they might remember this person says I should get food with this. Maybe they might get food this time. Or next time somebody goes and gets the food, they will remember like, thank you for that friend. And God says, Yes, great is your Lord. For they understood you blessed them and poured into them. And you know, you know, maybe somebody around the way, somebody will bless you the same way. And so we see here that just giving unto God, not, not trying to get reward, not trying to get something back, but just do it because it gives glory and honor to the Lord. They did not see what they were doing was of great significance because they were taking those things so who needed it. It's kind of a thing how when somebody does something, they thank them, they say, I was only doing what I needed to do. Right? This is nothing special. Me helping you pick this up is what I should do. I could just stood here and watch you pick it up, but I could have came over and helped. Because sometimes people don't understand what kindness looks like. But the king shows that their work to the least was of great significance. Matthew 25, verse 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When serving is what matters, this shows us that trying to serve a person of status is not better than serving a person of lower status. They knew they were in the company of the king, but the king is rewarding them for serving the least of these. They are still trying to wonder now in this context, when do we see this king in this place? But notice he keeps them in suspense, and then he addresses the letter. But before I get to the letter, look what it says in, in verses 37 and 39 says, then these righteous ones will reply. Y'all see that there? He's telling them that these are the righteous ones. And so the ones on the right become the righteous ones. And they are the righteous ones after he expressed what they have done. They did righteous works in order to serve the king. But unbeknownst to them, they didn't know that they were doing righteous acts because they were just doing what they should be doing. And so here's the thing about us about doing the work of God. When we're just doing the work of God, sometimes it may be unbeknownst to us the good that we're doing and how we're being a blessing to others more than we can ever understand. But yet, don't wait till it's too late. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire. Prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me to your home. 
I was angry and you didn't give me COVID. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And they're probably thinking, how would I ever do that to King? If I ever saw you, King, I would not have ignored you. I would have helped you. Look what they had they replied, verses 44 to 45. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry? Or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in person, and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you will refuse to help even. Y'all see that there? So when we take care of the least of these, it's like we're serving our king. But when we neglect the least of these, we are rejected and we are neglected and we are refusing to serve our king. This is the challenge we're living in a world today that we have those who don't want to help those who need help because they feel like they don't need help. They're not worthy of help and support. But God says, blessed are you who do this help. And he's pointing out that you don't do it for the reward, but I will reward you. For greater is your reward in heaven than here on earth. So what side will you be on? Because one side is going to go away to punishment, while one's going to go on to eternal life. But those that both are eternal. Verse 25, chapter 25, verse 46 says, And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. The righteous go into eternal life. This is after they had a life of service, a life of sacrifice, a life of humility, that they will be exalted. I would encourage you that while we walk in this earthly journey and you may want a pat on your back, you may want plaques, you may want rewards, but yet all of this can come to you. But yet, don't make that the main thing. See, Jesus is keeping good records. And he's going to reward us according to our services to him. And so when we are standing before him, we want to hear, well done. My good and faithful son. We want to say, come to my right. Don't go to my left. We want to hear that you fed me. You, you, you gave me something to drink. You clothed me. You visited me. You welcomed me in. Think about all those things. So think about how Jesus is the bread of life. He is the living water. He has become our friend while we were yet enemies. As a stranger is often recognized as an enemy, yet he became our friend. He came to earth to visit us. Behold, I stand at the door knocking, will you let me in? And yet, we were in bondage, we were in chains, we are in prison, and yet he, did, he visited us and set us free. And so if we look what God has done for us, we used to get excited and say, Lord, if you did it for me, how can I show you my gratitude? And he's letting you know, do it to somebody else. Go out and see how you can be a blessing to those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are naked, those who are strangers, those who are in prison, those who are sick. Bless them, encourage them, and be there for them. Serve for the best way you 
you can. You don't have to get a big organization. You don't have to then just, just one person can make a difference. He says, when you did to the least of these, you did unto me. So who are you going to serve? Are you going to put him first and yourself last? Are you going to humble yourself so that you can be declared righteous? I'm going to highlight this. He called them righteous. They didn't call themselves righteous. Y'all know what that means? He says, the righteous one replied, when do we do all this? I want to encourage you. We are not righteous because of what we have done, but what, what he has done for us. And in our response, we now work and serve the shepherd king. And the shepherd king, again, to point out that God is the shepherd, and, and the shepherd cares and protects the people. And then the king is the one of authority and power and royalty. And Jesus not only the king of the lineage of David, but also he is the good shepherd. And because he's the good shepherd, said he lays down his life. But also, not only is he the good shepherd, but you know, he's the lamb. He holds the lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. And so when we think about this imagery, uh, that we have a God who is the great king shepherd, but also the lamb. He is the priest and also the king. Not only can he present the sacrifice, he is the sacrifice. <laughs> Not only does he satisfy he is satisfied. <laughs> and so we understand that he wants what's best for us. All we got to do is what he calls us to do. And so we can humble ourselves so realizing that we're going to help serve in my community, in my home, in my neighborhood, in my workplace, and be a blessing to those who are in need. So I encourage you, serving the shepherd is how we can serve the least of there's many organizations that are definitely a time of Thanksgiving and Christmas. People are in need of support and want to have some kind of a semblance of a fellowship and family gathering together and they may not have. It's getting cold. Some people do not have new coats. If you went and bought you a new coat, these are, I've got some coats in my head. They don't have to buy a new coat for somebody else. There's many opportunities out there for you to be a blessing. Help feed somebody, clothe somebody, help prepare them for shelter. Write someone in prison, write somebody and visit someone who's sick or in need. There's ways that we have work to do and work to be done to bring glory to our God and our Father. So what will you do? Will you be a sheep or will you be a goat? It's your choice. But yet, the rewards are evident. Eternal life is available. And so we can choose Christ and choose the right way and search after him and let him transform us, change us, renew us, refresh us, that we walk in obedience according to his will, that we will hear him say, when I was hungry, you fed me, when I was thirsty, you gave me drink, when I was naked, you clothed when I was a stranger, you invited me in, when I was sick, you visited me, when I was in prison, you visited me. And we can say, Lord, when did I do this? When you did it to the least of these, you've done 
Father, reveal to us the opportunities we have to serve you, to humbly come before you and give our life, our resources, and how you bless us, that we might be a blessing to somebody else. Forgive us, God, for times that we have been apprehensive and we have not been willing to serve and to give as we should have. But Father, we thank you for just another opportunity by your grace and your mercy that we can be more active and that we can be sacrificial and be humble enough to give that for all it belongs and to use to others in serve of love, grace, and mercy. Now, Father, it might be someone who wants to know Jesus and wants to know you for a I pray that he can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins and defeated death arising from the grave on the third day, and you are exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, all who call on your name shall be saved. Lord, I pray that they'll find the Bible for me preaching, teaching, church, so they can continue to grow and discipleship in your presence. Now, Father, Lord, we continue on to worship you. Minister to our hearts and our minds and keep us and be prayerful. Those who respond to your message, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Worshiping Live. If you are able to connect with us, you're looking for a church home or a way to reach out uh, through our website or through our app. You can also follow us on Facebook and YouTube. We're able to give also online uh, through our website or through our app, ZionBCPeoria.com. Thank you. God bless you. As we continue to worship here and as we prepare for our offering, here to our God.